Welcome to Residential Spread. I'm Josh Cohen, and I'm here today with Corey Gergen. Corey, what's up? Hey, not much. How are you? I'm doing all right. We've also got Alexandra Edwards in the house. How's it going? Good. And we're also here with Molly Slavin. Molly, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. We're all term-limited contingent faculty teaching humanities at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Like other schools, Georgia Tech has experienced massive disruptions, shifts, and changes due to the spread of the coronavirus. This fall, it has sent students and instructors back in the classrooms, and on this show, we investigate the sources and consequences of these policies and discuss what it's like to navigate higher ed during a pandemic as members of the precariat. Today, we are joined by Alexandra Marlette, who is a computational media major at Georgia Tech. Uh, Alexandra has worked as a resident advisor at both Georgia Tech and Kennesaw State University, which is another school in our university system of Georgia here. And even before the pandemic hit, she was working to raise awareness about the unsafe conditions in student housing. Alexandra, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Um. And we're going to start, as we always do, with our temperature check. Um, Our number this week is $12,800,268. And that is the shortfall on housing expected by Georgia Tech in the fiscal year 2021 from um, initial projections, Uh, a difference that comes from uh, a number of things. reserving one dorm for quarantining students and uh, restricting rooms that typically hold three or four students to only two students. Um, So that's a a projected income of 68 million and change down from 81 million and change. Um, Yeah. Um, Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Those are big numbers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of money. It really is. Um, and it's like particularly relevant um, as we think about these policies that have us back in the classroom um, during the the continued coronavirus pandemic, because a lot of us um, in our positions as uh, contingent faculty here, we're being you know forced into the classroom to teach. Um, often first-year students um, in these hybrid modes to try to preserve what university leaders are calling, quote, the campus experience, as I've talked about a lot on the show, um, which, of course, includes living on campus, right? You can't have the campus experience, these university leaders say, if you're not actually physically living on the campus. Now, Alexandra, you're deeply familiar with Georgia Tech's version of the quote-unquote campus experience. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like for you? It's all about like community and experience and feeling like we have a home at Tech. Um, They don't really sound like they're a bad thing when you're being taught them in training. A lot of that is is built on the backs of people who are underpaid and undercompensated. And that doesn't just include students. Um, it also includes uh, resident directors who are kind of like the frontline full-time paid staff uh, for students and uh, looked up some salary ranges for uh, RDs uh, or HDs residents or housing directors, the term varies for campuses. Um, but at Georgia Tech, they're paid about forty-one dollars to $45,000 a year. Um, and they, along with RAs, spend a lot of 
both time and labor, um, making the residential experience happen. And a lot of that time, I feel like, is undercompensated for for what they are having to do. Um, Because the residential experience just include living with your friends, um, being able to walk down the hallway, um, or go to an event that your RA is putting on. Um, it, it's also the, the bad things. It's also being stressed from school and, and you know, looking for help anywhere. Um, and a lot of times, even in training, they tell us that RAs, the frontline workers of the health, uh, the mental health crisis on campus, you are having to, uh, I don't want to say deal with, because it's like you're talking with the residents, but uh you're, you're having to process, you know, uh, other people's stress and mm-hmm. help them process it because, like, of just how the, the position is. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to uh, – one of the other big things that ResLife said is uh, you're a student before you're an RA, which is – can I cuss? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they say that you're a student before you're an RE. That's just complete horseshit. Because, um, I mean, like, it's, it, you aren't. You're always an RE. You're on. Um, and you're always on a place that's supposed to be like your rest place, you know, your home. So one of the the reasons that we um, got interested in thinking about residential life specifically around Georgia Tech and and wanted to talk to you is actually, I think, very related to this, which is that um, in the lead up to opening campus again for the fall semester or I guess bringing campus back up to a normal sort of full capacity because it never truly closed down um, and there were still residents and RAs on campus all summer long. Um, but it, we were, those of us who, who did not go through the kind of res life experience at Georgia Tech were, um, horrified when we found out that housing was actually trying to hire students to transport COVID positive students to isolation spaces, um, and do things like deliver all their personal effects to them once they'd been isolated and bring them meals. Um, and there was like a huge public outcry over that, which caused them to take down the position. Um, at least that's what they said publicly. Uh, and since campus has opened, there have been reports that instead of um, hiring someone who has, you know, uh, EMT training or um, infectious diseases training, someone who's a qualified healthcare professional to transport these COVID positive students to isolation spaces, uh, and instead of hiring someone to bring into the res life housing unit and do this. They just started tasking existing RAs with doing it for no extra work. But it sounds now like maybe we were naive to be surprised by that, given the way they were expecting you already pre-pandemic to be these kind of frontline caregivers for people in crisis. Yeah, uh, I saw that and I was just like, yep, another day in the you know housing office of Georgia Tech. Just shoveling shit onto yeah. RAs that were not being compensated for. Um, yeah, uh, like, I I saw that, and I wasn't surprised, and I also wasn't surprised that, I mean, this isn't 
100% verified information. Somebody said that they were within that office that had been hiring people and that they had a bunch of people apply because um, a lot of assistants have lost jobs um, and, and people need money. Um, and this is another huge issue I have with housing and res life in general is that it it feeds off of um, students who do not have the means or are paying for college themselves. Um, they prey on them because they know that once you become an RA, it's real hard to go back to paying for housing. They know as an RA, since you can't hold a job um, on campus very easily, and, and they discourage you from holding an on-campus job, that it's very hard to save up if you were trying to move off campus. Um, and they know that because they control your housing, they can continue to ask you to do things. They have your house in their hand. Like, if you don't want to do it, you can get fired, and now you need to find a house or you're homeless. Like, it wow. it didn't surprise me at all. It's just the fact that they they prey on our most vulnerable students every single time. People are applying to that probably because they had a position on campus and now they don't because of the uh, because of the pandemic and they need to make money. ResLife had to have known that that was a situation that students were in and that they would have people applying to it because of that. They mm -hmm. cannot say they didn't. They would be lying if they did. Like, you, it takes, like, three seconds to think about it, you know? Um, and I think the compensation for that was, like, housing. And I think it was, you got housing on campus and, like, a $1,000 stipend, I wanted to say. I don't have the, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the job opening right. in front of me. Yeah. And maybe, um, like, a meal, a meal plan. Yeah. Um, it was shockingly underpaid, whatever it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> like, actually more than RAs. Wow. Um, I have wow. I have my I took all my uh, pay stubs and, and figured out. Um, so you get paid as a, as a Georgia Tech resident assistant, you get paid um, a housing stipend that is applied to your housing automatically. When I was working, there was three hundred dollars off a meal plan. Three hundred. Yeah, three hundred dollars off a meal wow. plan. You get paid forty four ninety five um, every two weeks, and that is for groceries. <laughs> God, that's laughable. Forty four dollars and ninety five cents. Yes. Oh my God. Um. So you are able to campus job, um, technically, but they both discourage it, and also since uh, student assistants on campus can only. A, a max of 20 hours. Um, if you're on call for a weekday, which means you'd be working 12 hours from uh, like 8 p.m. or 7:30 to 8 a.m. the next morning, um, then that is applied to the 20-hour limit. So you only have eight hours that you can work. Um, I I worked while I was an RA because thankfully I had a, a person on campus that was willing to work with that. Um, flexibility um it also means that if you work one uh weekend shift which is 24 hours you cannot work that week 
Jeez. You guys are probably going to get a kick out of this one. So if you work a school holiday, say Labor Day, you get paid $25. Um, it's an incentive for people to work holidays. Um, and you get paid $50 for, say, working Thanksgiving or Christmas when you could be with your family. <laughs> but here is $50. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, and those are 24-hour shifts. Oh, God. Um, oh, my God. I think unless it's To be like clear, a, it's a flat fee of $50. It's a not, flat, yeah. It's Jesus. a flat, it's a day rate, basically. So Thank you, day rate. That's what um, I'm for. Yeah. yeah. So when I worked Thanksgiving week, I got paid $25 every day except for uh, Thanksgiving. And you were on call that basically any time that entire. I was on call stretch. for five. Yeah. Five days. So however, I'm going to, let's see, five times. But you had your 44.95 for groceries <laughs> for your Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. So, um, I worked 120 hours straight. Um, oh my God. and I got, uh, let's just doing, doing the real quick math on this, I got $150 for 120 hours worth of work. Um, this is all worse than I thought going into this episode, I have to say. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, well, and I have to feel like the reason that that housing gets away with this, and like you said, they're preying on these really vulnerable students who need a place to live. I mean, shelter is like a... a a fucking basic need, right? Like you can't do school if you're homeless um, or you can, but, but you're not going to be able to do school to the extent that you would probably like. Um, but they hold over you this, right? Like they're giving you this voucher for the housing itself. And so I have to imagine that, that that's kind of always on the table is like, well, you know, you get a free place to live. Why are you complaining that you only make forty four ninety five every two weeks? Is that yeah. accurate? Uh, yeah. I, I remember the like original tweet that I responded under uh, that part of that was that the, the spin never stops, even in a pandemic. Um, uh, housing loves to, to spin things like they are making a change or bettering the residential experience. Um, but really they're just building it off the backs of underpaid students. There was a RA who left a little bit before I did um, for, for very different reasons than I did. But when I was helping her load her car, um, she basically said, I'm going to be living paycheck to paycheck until I graduate. And I'd rather do that than work here another minute. <laughs> and one so one of the things that you shared with us and we'll put a link to this article in the show notes is actually um an article from georgia tech's campus newspaper the technique um that was about not only this issue of turnover right where people are um ras and and peer leaders are quitting in the middle of semesters every semester um but also that the this housing that um that res life is offering up right as this like amazing compensation so they say um is actually like not in great condition right nope if you're a pl you're working with freshmen. You're living in a freshman dorm. 
with all the lovely amenities freshman dorms have, which are usually the oldest buildings on campus. I think some of them have shared kitchens. You're at times. I think actually the the rule was that you were usually sharing a room with another PL, which I thought was wild because I came from uh, from Kennesaw, where when we were working in a freshman hall, uh, we had only one traditional freshman dorm on, on campus, which was Howell. Um, I worked there, and one of the main perks was you got to live uh, in a freshman room, but with only one person um, instead of having a second person there. Many of them have air conditioning issues. Um, a lot of those built have quote unquote environmental growth, which is what we have to call mold. Um, cause we can't call it mold. Um, so, and that's, and that is not unique to tech. Like at Kennesaw State, we also had the same thing where it was like, oh, it's not mold. It's environmental growth. And I'm like, well, there's an ecosystem in here. So. That's another meaning of, of residential spread from our podcast title. Yeah. <laughs> the mold is growing environmentally. We, we want lots of growth in our, in our residential, uh, you know, places. We just, we want them to grow so much and just really soak in all the all the bright rays of the university. Um, you'll probably go some days without air conditioning at the very beginning of the year. In yeah, August. In August in Georgia. In Georgia. Uh, so you might go through some times where heating is also an issue uh, during the winters um, when it gets cold because it does get cold here in Georgia. Um, so you might have heating issues. You might have air conditioning issues. Um, you will definitely have plumbing issues um, in the shared bathroom with everybody else on your hallway. Um, you know, your water might be rusty because there might be older pipes. Like the list goes on and on as to the issues that freshman dorms have. Um, and I I don't think that that should be the freshman experience. You know, it's like there's I think traditional dorms have a place um, in helping freshmen like acclimate to campus, but not with like the, you know, the misery of uh, of having to go through that. Like, uh, oh, and fire alarms that go off randomly. That's another mm. big one. Um, I remember that from my years um, living in college dorms. Yeah. That's really like a universal experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think can be can be really stopped because really on anybody other than the student who uh, sets popcorn <laughs> in the microwave and then presses the potato button, which yep. is a real life experience that I had to like, that's a that's a call that I got um, for a fire alarm. Um, oh dear! And it caught fire in the microwave because, <laughs> yeah, um, that was that was interesting uh, interviewing them for the report afterwards, and they were like, "Yeah, I like, I, I just I press potato like I always do. Like, there's a popcorn <laughs> button on there. <laughs> I press potato like I always do." <laughs> This this guy this is this is off topic, but he like pressed potato and then went and got in the shower, and I was like, "Wow, oh my god, <laughs> popcorn takes three minutes!" Like, 
But when it comes to just the conditions of the dorms, even if you're not living in freshman dorms, um, I'm when I lived in graduate uh, in the graduate living center, uh, dorm flooded when it rained um, every time uh, to the point where like the rug was soaked with water. And if you could literally like splash around in my room and that room is my compensation. That's like some of the only compensation I get. And um, I was talking to the other RAs in my group, and a lot of them had been GLC uh, for a couple of years. And I, the last two people to live in that room said it had always been that way. So it, because they had talked to the other two previous, so this is five years back at that point, and they had had that issue too, and had been trying to get maintenance to fix it, and it hadn't been for five years. And a res life knew about that, and they were putting RAs in there for five years at least that they knew about this issue. Um, with that being how they were being compensated, and there was definitely mold because mm-hmm. if you're in a humid, dank, watery space, there's going to be mold. Environmental growth. Environmental growth. Please, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be uh, environmental growth. Yeah. And and I had to fight tooth and nail to get that fixed, quote unquote fixed. Um, and it was one of the big reasons that I left because I couldn't live in my room. Hmm. Um, and then they tried to charge me afterwards when I left. Um, <laughs> wow. So that was... That was a fun... For the remainder of the lease on your room or whatever? Yes. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, Jeez. So, uh, so, and and that's not... Did you you win that fight? I did. I did. But, like, that is not a unique experience. Like, I've heard other RAs having issues in their room and not getting it fixed. And with that being your main form of compensation, you're not being... I, I take the mindset of... If you cannot live in your room, you are not being compensated for the time that you are working. Yeah. Because yeah. that's their main thing, right? It's like, that's your main compensation, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but don't mention that you, you know, you want free housing when you're interviewing because we don't want people that are just here for free housing, which is a thing that they inform us when we're interviewing <laughs> new RAs. <laughs> what, what you're saying is they're simultaneously a bad employer and a bad <laughs> yes like they're doing neither part correctly uh-huh yep yep and they're making it harder for you to learn which is yeah. ostensibly why you're at school yes. <laughs> yeah well she well you're a student before you're an ra so uh-huh. you know yeah wow. that's sorry i don't know okay. if the sarcasm was clear there oh yeah oh, 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 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess one final question for you, Alexandra, is um, given all the stuff that you experienced with uh, Georgia Tech res life and housing and and all of the problems that seem to be deeply systemic, um, do you think that Georgia Tech housing can keep students safe from coronavirus? No. Nope. They can't like they don't have they don't have any of the things they need to to have to like do that so um maybe if they hired some people that were actually you know supposed to be handling pandemics instead of like students trying to complete school that's 
pretty logical, reasonable. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us and chatting with us today. We really appreciate you coming and talking. No problem. I will always be very vocal about how res life needs to change. Well, I'm I'm glad that you are because from what you've outlined, it sounds like an absolute horror show. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> fun, nothing, fun nothing's stuff. more scary. Like you don't need ghosts. You don't need horror movies. You just need to be like <laughs> res life. <gasps> you just need environmental growth. This summer. <laughs> <laughs> One RA. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Yeah, bye, guys. We had one night where a fire alarm went off four times, and I had to get up for work at 6 a.m. in the morning. After that, I was like, cool, we're going to have an event, and everybody's going to come, and we're going to learn how to cook in a microwave. And that is what my event was. It was like, hey, guys, here's how to make a mug cake. Here's how to make, like, popcorn. Here's how, to, here's how we're going to microwave things so we don't have four alarms in one night. Because the fire department, like, they got there the fourth time, and, like, I did think a firefighter was going to punch a student.